You're listening to the Digital Remodeler Podcast. In each episode, we explore the latest trends, tools, and strategies for transforming your home remodeling business in the digital age. Join host Carl Willis, a seasoned home services digital marketing consultant, as he interviews industry experts, shares success stories, and provides actionable tips to help you stay ahead of the curve and build a successful and sustainable home remodeling business in today's ever-evolving market. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this show is the ultimate guide to help you modernize your business and thrive in the digital world. to the Digital Remodeler Podcast. Today joining me is Jason Crabtree, Director of Search Engine Optimization for Remodeling Marketing Team. Jason, it's great to have you today. Thanks, Carl. Glad to be here. I'm excited. Excellent. Today we're going to talk about the topic of on-page optimization and off-page optimization. And uh, the reason this is important, so many people, you know, they talk about we're, we're doing SEO. Uh, well, what does SEO really mean? When you're looking to a vendor to help you in your marketing, and SEO is one of the things they offer, they're going to talk about optimization, and uh, they'll talk about on-page and off-page. And so we're going to dive into that deeper today. Uh, joining me again is Jason Crabtree, Director of Search Engine Optimization. And so, Jason, I'll let you take it from here. All right. So I think uh, I'd like to start with uh, with the on-page piece, but I want to I want to preface by saying that in the past, up until very recently, um, SEO was a lot of uh, um, do everything right on your website and then launch that and don't worry about it anymore, and then get a bunch of links to point to your website. So you build a site, you convince Google that you are. Um, an authority on a topic, Google says, okay, well, anybody can build a website and say they're the best. Does anybody else think you're the best? So then they start looking for other sources around the web that point to your site, and that kind of counts as a vote for you. So that's that's how it went in the past. Now it's it's evolving to more about the user experience and user engagement. So I want to drill down into those. Yeah, let, let's definitely do that, uh, you know, because it's uh, uh, one of the things you, you brought up, and we'll kind of dive into this a little further, too, is in the past, it was all about just build links, links of any kind, links from anywhere. Right. Uh, lot, lots of fingers pointing at you, but but obviously that is different now. So, yeah, let, let's let's talk about that user experience and, and why that's become such a critical piece. So, so Google doesn't want people bouncing off your site once they get there and Things that can negatively impact your user experience would be the page doesn't load quickly enough, especially with more and more searches coming from mobile devices. Um, if I'm if I'm looking at my phone and that page isn't loading, I'm likely to bounce and click the next link. So that's not a good user experience, and Google's um, Google doesn't want to serve up things that people aren't uh, aren't happy with. You might stop using Google, so. They're filtering those sites out that that are lower quality, um, not just the load times, but the content. So 
thinking about how people lay out their website. Can I find what I'm looking for within the first one, one and a half seconds? Do I need to scroll down? Do I have to read through a bunch of paragraphs about how your company got started? Um, how many employees you have? Or can I just find where I can, you know, what what part of the page do I find what I'm looking for that's, that's going to help me as a consumer? So the faster it loads, the faster you can get consumers to the part that they're looking for, um, the more Google is going to reward your site with rankings. Excellent. So that brings up an interesting question. Does a person need to have a new website um, with all of these speed changes? Or or can I still get by with the one that, that I had built 10 years ago? Uh, if, if I say yes to that question, um, it would be a temporary yes. You may be in a market where there's not much competition or... The most of the people um, haven't stepped up their game yet, so you can probably get by for a little while longer in smaller markets. But as soon as somebody starts implementing um, the factors that that Google's looking for, you're going to slide to the bottom, um, and then you're going to be forced to uh, forced to comply. I guess. <laughs> okay. So, so, so my answer would be get a new site if, you, if you're ready. <laughs> So, so part of the the thinking any business owner needs to have is is they should be thinking about doing some type of refresh on their website every couple of years just to keep up with the speed of of movement uh, in the search engines. Would you say that's accurate? Yes. Yeah, like some of the older sites, um, they didn't have uh, features like schema. Schema is a backend code that, that Google looks at to find out a whole lot about your business. You know, you just um, you can say when and where um, this is where we're located. This is what we do. You can put FAQs into your schema code. Um, that little bit of backend markup wasn't available on older websites. A lot of websites had frames. A lot of older websites uh, just just weren't built for uh, what we need them to do today. It's like. You can still get by with your old Razor flip phone, but it's not built for what we do today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, so let's let's talk further about uh, this user experience. Besides, you know, site speed. Uh, you know, you mentioned the fact a lot of people are on mobile these days, right? You know, what are, what other factors come into that user um, experience? Other other ranking factors uh, are a lot of your content. Um, Google is looking at um, what they call EAT, the expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. So the way you build that, rather than writing content um, that that just has a, a bullet-pointed list of things that your company does or your business does, um, you need to expand on that. In some cases, you should build a whole page about it if it's a service that you're one of your primary services. In order to be an authority on that, you probably got a lot to say. Um, in other cases, you can at least have a paragraph of of that particular topic um, on the homepage rather than just a bullet point list. So your content, you want to be as much of an authority as possible. You want to uh, you want to display um, things that are going to uh, going to drive consumers to take a next step. You know, like here's the answer that you were looking for. And here's how you get more of this. 
So give me a chance to, uh, to find what I'm looking for towards the top of the page. And then can I contact you for an appointment? Can I, you know, call now? What is the call to action that you want me to follow? So those are the things that Google's looking for. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so now you were talking, those are, would you consider those to be more of the on-page side of things? Yes. Yeah. Okay. those are definitely on page. Okay. So those are things that, that you as, as the business owner can control yes. uh, to a certain extent. Now let's talk about the off page. What, what does that look like uh, in today's world? So off page is a, is a pretty big ecosystem of other properties that's um, equally as important as, as your website. So you've got your Facebook page, um, you've got your Google business profile uh, and, and any other uh directories, links, um, anywhere else that you're going to get citations. So all of those things are off page, things that aren't on your website. Okay, excellent. And, and then in, in developing, you know, so here's here's a question I have for you. So, uh, you know, you can go out on Fiverr and you'll find somebody that I'll build you, you know, three gazillion backlinks uh, from high authority sites uh, to your website. So, is that still a good strategy? Uh, no. Fast answer is no. You still want links. It just you you want to be more strategic in the links that point to your website. Now, um, you don't want uh, a million low quality votes. You want a few super delegate votes. The the really high authority votes. If you can get a link coming from Wall Street Journal to your website, that's going to carry a lot more weight than. 500 links from Fiverr, you know. Absolutely. So, you know, a, a few years ago, you had a, a series of penalties, uh, if you will, that came out from, from link building practices. Uh, how, does a, how does a person avoid those penalties today? So any purchased links are going to be a risk. So if you find somebody that says, uh, hey, you know, for 50 bucks or 100 bucks, We'll put a link over here. You got to assume that they're not just selling it to you, right? So you may have one type of business and then they may have, you know, Joe's Taco Shop has a link and Bill's Tire Repair has a link. Um, you, you don't uh, you don't want to be in that neighborhood. You want uh, links from, from properties that are relevant to the things that you're trying to rank for. So example would be if I'm a florist, a link from lawyers.com is not going to help me too much, but if I can get one from, you know, 1-800 florists, that'll help. So that that's, you want, you want links that are coming from relevant sites. Um, the penalties that you talked about, one of the big ones was people were building these, uh, these networks of, uh, of linking like the, these private blog networks. So they would go out and build a bunch of blogs that all link together and then point a link to you. And Google picked up on that really fast. They started penalizing those guys. So one thing that you could do, if you did that in the past, you know, there's still amnesty. You can go in and disavow links. And we do that sometimes for clients too. You know, we see links that are hurting them and we'll disavow those links and help get them back up in the rankings. Good. So, uh, you know, that brings us to, to, I think, probably one of the, the bigger questions that our, our listeners are going to have. 
you know, what what are the smart questions a business owner should be asking their SEO provider? What services <laughs> should they be looking for? What 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 does a business owner really need today? And what are the smart questions they should be asking? So you want to you want to find out. Uh, obviously, you want to know what that SEO package includes. Um, I'm this is this is just one example, but uh, I met with a business um, about two months ago, and they had their their current SEO vendor on the phone, and so I was asking them questions about what does your SEO include. And all the SEO included from that particular vendor um, was updated content on the website. So that's important, but that's not the only SEO piece that you want to that you want to include. So you want to get a robust uh, set of services. Um, you want to make sure that they're managing your citations. You want and listings. You want to make sure that they're doing. Uh, proper link building for you. It doesn't hurt to drill down and ask a question. Um, what kind of links can I plan on? Can I expect to see from you? Do you have any examples that you can show me? Um, so you can take a look and see, are these quality links or do these links just say click here, you know, and it's, and it's coming from a low quality domain. So you want to look at the links. You want to uh, find out if they're, if they're managing your business profiles, are they doing any social media posting for you? Um, if not, uh, are they providing any way for consumers to share on social media? So those things are all important, but it, it all has to tie together. And it can't just be, I'm going to optimize your website. It has to be the entire uh, ecosystem or else it won't work. Okay. And then how how can the, you know a, a business owner really keep track of how well their SEO is working? I mean, should they just pull searches, you know, uh, on their own computer? Like what, what's the best way to gauge the effectiveness of that SEO campaign? Um, really, you could, you could look at your analytics. Uh, doing the searches is kind of, uh, it could be detrimental, especially if you're also running paid search because you're doing searches where your ads might show up. Um, and you're going to have a lower click-through rate, which means your, your ad campaign is not going to perform as well. So everybody wants to see their name in lights. I do it. Everybody everybody does it. You know, you do the search. You want to see yourself there. Um, so one way to do that would be to uh, to use a VPN um, so that you're, you're not uh, racking up a bunch of searches um, that Google sees or are coming all from the same IP and they don't find what they're looking for. So maybe I'm not serving up the right results. You don't want Google to think that. So um, we show, uh, we, we use software with an API to show rankings and we demonstrate, you know, here's how many keywords we got to page one and here was the result. So when I mentioned analytics earlier, you want to see where your traffic's coming from. I think um, it's around, 67% of all internet experiences start with a search. So if you're showing up with no searches, great. <laughs> you know, you want to see uh, um, once they get there, what are they doing? So uh, Google Business Profile has pretty good insights as far as um, what happened when they were in your Google business page. Um, did they click to your website? Did they call you or did they get driving directions to your office? 
it'll track all of that stuff. You don't have to do those searches. Excellent. Excellent. And then, uh, you know, the other piece of this is, you know, when you're uh, looking for SEO vendors, um, you know, it seems like everybody shows you here's here's things we've been able to rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a way to really gauge who's who's really good and and who just talks the talk? And and that's you know, I, I think sometimes for business owners, you know, they're they understand their business. They don't understand all the search engine you know stuff. Just what should uh, you be looking for in that vendor besides their their program package? Are there any types of, of expertise questions that you could be asking? Um, well, there's always the uh, the what level of experience do you have? You know, what's your team made of? You know, is, is this uh, a brand new person that's just getting started? Or is this a person that's that's been doing this for a while and has some uh, some some experience? Um, same as Google was looking for, you know, you want experience, expertise, and authoritativeness, you know, so, and trust. Um, so those are the kind of things that, that I would look for, um, in a vendor as well. Like what kind of, uh, keywords were you able to, you know, if you show here's some sites that I was able to get ranked, what was the difficulty level of those keywords? Is it, he's the only guy in town. So of course he's going to show up or was it because, you did a good job with SEO. So look at the difficulty of the keywords that they're ranking in their examples and see if they're like, can I rank you in the middle of Los Angeles? I want to see it done, you know? Excellent. Yeah, you you bring up a, a good point and uh, I think it's a, a good place for us to, to spend a, a couple of moments and that's talking about expectations with SEO. Um, if if you're in a community of 2,000 people mm-hmm. uh, versus a community of, of several million, um, you know, what should those expectations be for, uh, uh, you know, a business owner? What, what should they anticipate as far as rankings movement? So it's, these are just averages, but uh, we usually say around 90 days, you'll start feeling it. You'll start seeing yourself showing up in results. And that can translate across every geography, even if I'll go back to my Los Angeles example with the millions of people. Um, you can rank in Los Angeles for near me searches and searches without a geography. So if I search for carpet cleaning, taco shop, and I don't put a geography on there, Google's going to go look for, first, they're going to look to see where my search originated. If I didn't put a geography, they're going to say, where did that search originate? And if you did that search on your desktop or laptop, they're going to probably look at your IP address to find out where you were located when you did that search. Um, If they did it on a smartphone, they're going to look at the uh, GPS coordinates. They got to figure out what near me means. So even if I'm in the middle of Los Angeles, if I do a search for near me, I might find that taco shop um, that wouldn't rank if I put LA taco shop. So it you can still get results um, within 90 days um, and then it'll just kind of expand. You know, you own your, your block, then your neighborhood, then your zip code, then your city, then your county and so on. So that's kind of how SEO works. Yeah, excellent, excellent. 
So any final things that you you think we need to cover for uh, on-page and off-page optimization? I'm getting some some feedback that uh, on-page content refreshes um, are becoming more important than they used to be. So what what we're all testing right now in regards to content refreshes, is it better to wipe the slate and publish new content? Or is it better to take the existing content and just update it? And what we're leaning towards is test, we're still testing, but it looks like updating existing content tends to work faster. Google already knows this. They already trust this information is relevant to you. Now you've given them given them something new, um, but it's still part of that original block. So it looks like updating your existing content versus replacing it um, is probably going to be the way to go in the future. Excellent. Excellent. And then uh, just as a kind of a final uh, thought as we're going, you know, we talk quite a bit these days about AI. Uh, is AI going to hurt the optimization? Is it going to help the optimization? What have you been seeing uh, on either side of that? It's probably going to hurt the optimization on a few people because they're not going to use it correctly and they're going to have AI write their content for them. And knowing that AI is essentially scraping content from other websites and just kind of piecing it together, you're putting yourself at risk of a duplicate content penalty. If somebody else has already published this content and they've got a uh, what's called a rel canonical tag associated with that page, Google knows this is where this originated and they found it on your website, you're uh, plagiarizing. So they'll, they'll penalize you for duplicate content. So I think if you use AI correctly, um, it can make your job a lot easier as an SEO. You can use it for research. You can use it for general. I used it for keyword research today and um, found some things for, uh, for a client that I wouldn't have even thought of as a keyword. And I specifically told the AI to uh, uh, give me only keywords with high search volume and intent. And I found some keywords that I wouldn't have even thought of. So it's good for things like that. If you're looking for topics to write around, um, AI can absolutely help you. We use it to find out what our uh, potential, what our clients' potential customers um, would want. So we're like, what are the 20 most asked questions for this vertical? And then we can write content for those questions that we know the consumers want. So that AI can help if you use it right. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's it's interesting what you said. Uh, you know, if you don't use it correctly, um, what it does is it kills that T part of the eat uh, yeah. expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. And so yeah. uh, you want to keep the trust high. Fantastic. Well, Jason, any final thoughts as we close out? I would just say thanks for uh, having me on. And I know that uh, that. One thing we know for sure is that the algorithms are going to change and we'll be having this conversation again. So I look forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah. You're going to want to continue to listen to the podcast. Jason's going to be a featured contributor on future episodes. And so you'll be hearing from him more in the days ahead. Uh, We look forward to having you on our next episode. Thanks for tuning in.